Welcome to the Roundel Report, Season 1, Episode 6. I'm still perplexed by the clapperboard, but it's fun. Uh, good afternoon, welcome to the Randall Report. Um, today we're going to be actually talking about the ending of uh, COVID restrictions, um, uh, certainly here in England. But obviously it's worth a mention, given the news, um, that we are going to be doing a special. Um, what's happened? Uh, what's happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, in case it's escaped your notice, Russia has invaded Ukraine. And the world is kind of on the brink, um, which is, is uh, uh, yeah, um, has been occupying the news. Well, of course, you know this already. You're just being uh, devil's advocate, aren't you? Didn't have a clue. Didn't have, didn't have a clue? Not a clue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but, yes, uh, so we'll be doing a special on, on obviously, uh, Ukraine and Russia. Um, and we're going to probably do that straight after, aren't we? Um, Can I do uh, some homework? And do uh, some homework. Uh, have you not been doing your homework? Not You've been so. a naughty boy. Yeah, today, unfortunately. Yeah, right. We'll, okay. see, we'll see how things pan out. Well, I, right. I'm sure that you, you will, as, as incisive as you usually are, you will be not short of anything to say, uh, such as your knowledge and uh, uh, breadth so uh, um, yes so anyway today we're actually going to talk about the ending of COVID restrictions um, which of course has been overrun it today over, right uh, yeah is it today what that the restrictions have been lifted fully they've been in the UK uh, some of them had already or been in lifted uh, in England yeah. um, obviously the rules are slightly different in Scotland and Wales um, uh, I think uh, I think it was from yesterday or from today the ending of the, the necessary to wear a masks on public transport. Uh, it was yesterday, but they're still suggesting that you continue. Um, yes, the advice and, and, and private hire vehicles as well. Yes, I think uh, you know the, the people need to just because the rules are are what they are doesn't mean people shouldn't go their own way and take some personal responsibility i think that's incumbent upon all of us really um and and, you know just just because the rule says a particular thing doesn't necessarily mean we should go sod it because the fact of the matter is of course covid hasn't gone away it's just uh, gone away in the news more or less because a line has kind of been drawn under it, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But obviously, we'll do uh, this special on on obviously the uh, Russia attacking Ukraine. Um, but uh, yes, in terms of of uh, COVID and in COVID restrictions, um, before we get into that, what else has kind of caught your attention over the last few days? Uh, so I think you wanted to say something about, um, you mentioned to me about the death of Jean-Luc Brunel. Absolutely. Um, that sort of disappeared, didn't it, since... Uh, yeah, very quickly disappeared, and it, it kind of only had edges on particular news so broadcasts. Yeah, so essentially, Mr. Brunel was a close advisor. Yes, he had a modelling agency. To Epstein. For Epstein, yes. Who uh, committed suicide, apparently, in his cell a few years back. And now we've... And now Mr. Brisson. 
Brunel. Brunel. Brunel has been found. Has been found hung in his cell in France. Yes. Um, bit no curious. CCTV again available. Oddly yeah. enough, was another one. Yeah. Uh, and I don't quite understand how you actually capable of hanging yourself in a cell in the first place because in theory you shouldn't have the the tools or equipment to enable yourself to do such a thing so it's all very very unusual the timing obviously was also incredibly strange literally sorry he loves playing with my drawers but be careful with that not the ones I'm wearing Uh, (laughs) this is strictly a family show Um, the drawers in the table. Uh, where, where were we? Where were we? We were talking about Brunel uh, yeah, okay. hung in his cell. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about the timing. Yes. So he Curious. he hung himself. Yep. Forty-eight hours after uh, our wonderful Prince Andrew uh, paid, well, paid twelve million pounds. We think it was around twelve million to silence this untold sum. What was what's her name? Uh, Geoffrey. Geoffrey. Yes, Miss Geoffrey. So our Prince Andrew paid twelve million pounds mm. to a woman who he didn't touch, apparently, because that's what we do these days. Yes. So Simon, exactly. you'll be you'll be receiving a million pound check. Well, that, for, that, for, that, uh, for my for my not touching or abusing you. For 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 <laughs> playing with the drawers or the Very microphone, for that yeah. matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this Brunel had uh, this modelling agency and uh, closely linked to Epstein, of course. And he, was and he had in offices in, well. interestingly, in Miami, um, uh, New York, and Tel Aviv. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a little bit interesting as to all the possible connections. There's one for the conspirators. Uh, who else was really involved with behind Epstein? Um, why did they decide to go the route of hanging themselves? It all seems very strange. And now what happens to Ghislaine Maxwell? Because she must be sweating at this point, seeing that all of her co-conspirators have, you know, taught themselves, you know, how, how safe is if she? If they have, yes. Obviously, I mean, we can we can all make our own assumptions here but what happens to her you know have they increased security in the facility she's in you know clearly she's at risk what deals are being made it it hasn't really been been clarified you Mm. know in terms of Gizay Maxwell and what happens I think they were talking about was it a retrial potentially yes she'd actually tried to because uh, one of the jurors I think his name was Scott yeah uh, had had alluded to having been uh, suffered abuse, I believe. Um, and he didn't uh, tell. And he obviously, he didn't tell the. the um, but I would have at the time. Uh, yeah, and, and of course, they tried to use. They tried to use that as grounds for, or have tried to use that as grounds to to declare a mistrial of uh, Gislin Maxwell. Um, but I, I, I don't. I think that's kind of a bit spurious, really. I would have thought the, the, that uh, any juror, you know, uh, juror who, who who had experienced stuff wouldn't necessarily, you know, they're, they're all there to, to base on the evidence of that particular case. It maybe have made him more insightful as to to the kind of things that uh, 
you know. would, it would appear to me that considering what the case was about, that you could sort of add two and two together and essentially say, look, if you have had any experience, you know, relating to the case, you know, relating to the subject matter, that you should recuse yourself because you might have your view might be sort of leaning towards a certain point of view when you're supposed to be completely... But, you know, that's that's a tenuous thing because if, uh, I guess, out of a jury of 12 people, there, there might be one or two others that were, would never, ever in their entire lives admit to having suffered abuse. Uh, uh, and, and so, you know, would you ever really... OK, but we're making some real assumptions here. Yes, you know, of course. He, he really did have you know, an experience, a negative experience. Yes. Relating very closely to the case. I mean, in theory, you know, either the prosecutor or the defence would have asked questions of him yeah. beforehand to ascertain yes, they usually whether or not do, he don't was, right, whether whether was, or not he was yeah. suitable or not. And they only let it out later in an interview. So, But it's, I mean, it's enough mm. that sort of the defence could say, look, you know, he is aligned to a particular point of view. Yeah. You know, it might have swung the difference between yeah between between a decision or not. Yeah. So I mean, I can see why I'm I can see why they why they're pushing for it. Yeah. Uh, more the, than anything, it's you know, it's hoping that Jose Maxwell doesn't come to a unfortunate end because it already looks well I still think she has much information to give so uh, who knows how that story is going to play out but we are going to be discussing uh, the whole issue uh, of Andrew's connection to it in in another another episode which uh, where we talk about the viability of the royal family Um, uh, we we, we were obviously events kind of uh, overtaken um, and uh, um, for reasons of being a little uh, sympathetic to to uh, Her Majesty, from the point of view, uh, bless her, hope she makes a quick recovery we all, we all uh, from co- yeah. from um, uh, her bout of COVID herself. I mean, which can't be an easy yeah. thing at the age of ninety five. Very speedy recovery, yeah, because we really don't want Charles. Um, <laughs> yes, so please, uh, please stay with us um, as long as you possibly can. Yes, uh, so any, any, sorry for any child support to be throwing him under the bus again. You obviously didn't like his biscuits as much as you said uh, you did. Um, well, no, the Dutchy lemon melts are wonderful. Okay, you can also get sort of other lemon related biscuits in supermarkets across that, the country that, that, that aren't that aren't. Um, yes, uh, right, okay, so. Um, but we want to talk today about, uh, obviously COVID-19 and the ending of the restrictions. Um, and we've completely ended the restrictions and, uh, such as isolation rules, um, we've kind of abandoned testing. Um, if people want to test, they're going to have to pay for them. And I think that's there's, that raises questions in itself. I know it's been costing the taxpayer upwards of two billion a month for the tests. So unless you're over 80 or have um, significant health conditions, then it's still free. Right. OK. But everyone else has to pay. Um and I guess, um, you know, since the start of the pandemic, we've seen in this country around 160,000 deaths. And um, while the death toll has been falling, 
Um, there were still over a thousand deaths within 20 day, 28 days of testing positive, which I really find that, that premise rather odd in terms of compiling statistics. What about the person that dies on the 29th day? Uh, they don't get counted. Um, between 14th and 20th of February, so that was a thousand deaths. And I noticed, um, I think early part of this week, uh, it had dropped to about 46, 49 deaths per day. But uh, Wednesday, it shot up threefold to 165. So, you know, posing a bit of a question. Um, well, we can assume that numbers will start to rocket up now. Well, of course, with the gloves off uh, a little bit, I, I would imagine it might cut. There's the possibility of a spike. There's still possibilities of new variants. Um, but even with those deaths, even dropping to, to that. Uh, period but the, the number between the 14th and 20th of february that's still 52,000 deaths per year and i guess my question one of my questions is uh, is, is where do you uh, consider uh, a what is considered a reasonable number of fatalities to suddenly start ignoring uh, what's take you know the the number of deaths that uh, are happening, and of course if you take over the the look at the 165 deaths over the 24 hour period midweek this week, um, uh, obviously that number is considerably higher uh, over over a year. Um, is the complete lifting of restrictions uh, uh, and and not kind of at least keeping mask wearing in certain places and in certain circumstances well, isn't that more of a common sense approach do you do you think this is a little bit kind of smacks of pandering Boris Johnson pandering to some of his backbenchers who are, are um, who've been calling for this and um, roundly against it what, what's your feeling on, on, on this whole thing of ending restrictions do you think we've kind of um, been a bit too from you know one extreme to the other with it well I mean I think he's had to do this now because this is a distraction from uh, party gates so I think he had to put a good story out to the public to try and sweep under the carpet the, the mess that's been going on behind the scenes with his sort of um, antics yeah you know well not only him you know the Conservative Party the Labour Party everyone's sort of been doing it to one extreme or another so I think ending the restrictions was a positive piece in a sort of slightly negative quagmire that was being created. So I think he did it partially for that reason. Maybe he would have originally done it a few months down the line, but he thought, no, let's just speed it up because it's a good story. Um, we're now supposed to be in this new phase of living with COVID, aren't we? This is this new thing that Yeah, the mantra about. of living with COVID. But, uh... So I suppose we just have to learn to accept that... Mm. You know, people will get ill, people will die, assuming that sort of um, the um, the vaccinations and treatments will improve over time as well. You know, it will become more flu-like unless a new variant comes in. But weren't they talking recently about the Delta and the Omicron variant fusing? They're calling it the Deltacron. 
Oh, crikey. Have you not heard that? That was, that I was had a, heard, that was a few days ago. Yes, uh, I mean, it, undoubtedly there'll be no... But I, think, I, think, I think that's the point. The government knows that there's a limit to what people are willing to accept. I think we're sort of getting close to that tipping point now. So they decided, well, we need to draw a line in between, you know, people's freedoms and their health. And yes. they've taken they've taken mm. the decision whereby they'll sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting <laughs> word. They'll, sacrifice. They'll, they'll, they'll sacrifice some people. In yeah, the sacri- sure we so have, we're the sacrificial lamb to, to make sure that we have a bit more freedom. Yeah. Me personally, I'm still very cautious. Yes, me too. I'm wearing my mask. I'm in in shops. You know, public transport when I use it private cabs when I use them yeah I wear my mask you know I'm careful about removing my clothes at the front door you know and then sort of getting changed that must give the neighbours a bit of an eyeful I shut the door oh you shut the door first it's good. No, but don't, I have. I don't have, be hanging around where he lives. But I'm not giving out the address. I have, uh, out, but, I, but I have outdoor clothes and I have indoor clothes. Uh, yeah, I thought me it, too. It just seems reasonable to do so. Yes. it might take a bit more time, but it's something that I'll do. I'll tell you a little anecdote. Uh, the, the, uh, is it clean? Well, it is um, about outdoor clothes and indoor clothes, and to be aware that your indoor clothes can sometimes be somewhat revealing to the outdoor. Without realising it. I think you've told me this story and we really shouldn't repeat it. Fair enough. (laughs) Um, You can read it in my book of short stories, which will be hopefully coming out before the year is done, Um, which is, um, yes, it's really Simon's Meldrew moments, isn't it, throughout my life? You're not telling that story now. No, no, not on a family show. Uh, Although there's nothing smutty or horrible about it um so yeah we've kind of um taken off all these restrictions um i guess one of the concerns i have have is it kind of is a bit of a failure to recognize those that are more vulnerable in our society that at least if we had been asked uh, or rather the restrictions were still in pay- place to wear masks and do cert- have certain controls in place, would have afforded them a bit extra protection. And I kind of feel that uh, the more vulnerable, I mean, there's people with uh, immunodeficiency or disorders, people who are recovering from cancer, um, because obviously uh, if you've had cancer treatment, it leaves your immune system completely bare. Um, and cancer and it, treatment the NHS has been really, really poorly treated over the past few years. Yeah. You know I, know, I know a few people that have really suffered at the moment because treatment is very hard to come by because obviously they've sort of been, been bumped down the list. Yes, I, I, uh, I met somebody the other day uh, in the street that uh, funnily enough I was uh, with Matt and he's known this guy since uh, school and uh, hadn't seen him for a long time and he said to him how are you and uh, the guy said well actually I, ha- I had a heart attack and I had this heart attack the second one he'd had and uh, they called for an ambulance and uh, they said sorry you're not a priority yeah. and he finished up crawling down the street to try and get help 
um, which is is uh, pretty awful. Uh, I can't imagine. Um, no, try 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 getting an ambulance for pretty much anything is hard to do. Yes, because you've got to go through one one two first. And one one one. Is it one one one? Who have I been calling? <laughs> 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 At the is third it, stroke, <laughs> no, is it, is it not the speaking clock. It it's one definitely one, not the speaking is it, is clock. It one, one, one? It, I'm sure it's one one one. Okay, fine. I one, know one, one, uh, one. because then you have to answer the, the thirty questions that they yes. ask you, and if you don't answer them the way they want you to, they don't they don't send an ambulance out. Yes, I know. It happened to it my is. happened to my mother. It's a weird thing. And I had to hire a car to drive it to to drive it to the A and E instead. Crikey! I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. Well, funnily enough, for an arrhythmia, by the way, I mean it's not a small thing. She her resting heart rate was one hundred and thirty. Whoa! A minute. Wow. And when we spoke to the lady at one one, she's like, "No, no, it's not serious enough." It's like my mum's dying here. So the much. next next time next time you'll have to remember to tell them that it's one fifty. What's the number? Yeah, <laughs> what's, the, what's the number where they'll send you the ambulance? That's what you've got to find out. Uh, and then work to but that it, number and just say, well, actually, it's calmed down since I called you. But it's generally scary. <laughs> you have to, yeah, well. <laughs> um, I mean, we know, obviously, the latest incarnation of uh, COVID, the Omicron, produced much milder symptoms although it's more transmissible of course um do you think that's probably lulled us all into a false sense of security that we're kind of this is it now it, it, it's done and dusted and over do you think that's playing into the narrative but it's psychological isn't it because we're ho- we're we're hoping we're praying that 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 um that covid will become sort of milder and milder and milder as yeah. people expect it to do but you know, it depends on your version of mild I mean I've I had Omicron uh, this Christmas and my second brush with Covid unfortunately two Christmases on the flaming trot I mean there you go I thought I'd escaped it and lo and behold um, I was even reticent about cooking my big baked ham and the turkey uh, you know, and getting all those things prepared only to have to throw it all in the bin if I took ill then, you know, uh, on the run-up to Christmas. Yeah, but so um, you almost wished it upon yourself, though, didn't you? Well, no, I could see it kind of coming because my uh, Matt, hey, he, my, my lovely husband, uh, there you go, uh, if you're wondering whether I'm uh, a friend of Dorothy. Who's Dorothy? <laughs> oh, the SWAT uh, gay... People oh. back in the 70s and 80s used to, or before that actually, turn themselves. And Dorothy as in um, uh, Dorothy from, from The Wizard of Oz. Right. That's where it relates to. But, um, yeah, um, Matt, Matt at his place of work, one by one, they were succumbing to COVID uh, during the, run up, the weeks running up to Christmas until eventually there was only two of them left. And um, because they'd been taking extraordinary care, testing twice a day, um, it got to Christmas Eve and we kind of heaved a sigh of relief thinking, well, OK, we're OK, we've got there, we've got there. So I merrily baked the ham on Christmas Eve and cooked the turkey on Christmas Day. And then lo and behold, on Christmas night, started to feel poorly. 
maybe, and the, then, maybe the ham gave you COVID. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, back to the... Yeah, do you think so? No, I doubt it. Um, but uh, and, and I got it and took it on the stomach gastrically. Yeah. And uh, I can tell you, it it, it has taken a, until about a week and a half ago to to really feel that I'd completely uh, eradicated the sort of overhang of it. Um, I had all sorts months. of problems. Yes, we're still talking around yeah, two months. Right? Absolutely, I had all sorts of problems. But then, you know, my neighbour, one of my neighbours, caught COVID on, in March 2020, and is still suffering today with long COVID and that's another subject I wanted to get onto we've kind of you know pushed it uh, that that uh, you know Omicron it's all getting milder it's all kind of over and done with um, but there's the issues of long COVID affecting more than a million people in this country um, and to simply say that, 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 you know, Omicron, I'm sure, can cause long COVID just as yeah. uh, much as any other variant. Um, are we not ignoring, a, by, by just completely ending all restrictions, what kind of economic impact, impact on our health services, um, you know, uh, of, of what is a very debilitate, debilitating condition of long COVID? Uh, and and those numbers then are likely to grow. Yeah. Um, but we don't know what the threshold is. So I'm assuming that someone at the sort of Ministry of Health has decided that, you know, if if infections and deaths reach a certain threshold, then then we'll sort of be back into restrictive territory again. But if the but infections we don't, we don't know what it is, if the yet. infections are mild, but then you're getting a proportion of those people infected large number of infections but the proportion of those that then get in long COVID and are effectively out of the economic loop in some cases permanently yeah. I mean uh, most notable you, you've the got Kate, Kate Garraway yeah. um, bless her I mean uh, I can't um, I can't imagine what that must be like um, but you know yeah, it seemingly it doesn't look like he's ever going to make a complete recovery interesting, interesting, interestingly about him though is that she flew him to Mexico for treatment so clearly there was Did she? Yeah, clearly there was some sort of um, treatment that wasn't available I'm assuming either on the NHS or privately in the UK sure, sure it wasn't a, a, a big excuse for a coke fest <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Kate. No, uh, did she? She flew her husband for treatment in Mexico. Yeah, but now you've made such a bad joke out of it. No, not at all. I mean, we know what Mexico's um, famous. I mean, I went to Mexico yeah. on holiday once, and I couldn't Beaches. go anywhere without being offered it. Beaches and tequila. Beaches and tequila and tequila. And and what kind of treatment do you know? Were you aware of what? Well, kind I don't of, know. No, you I, don't, I know. don't know what the yeah. treatment was. But, but I, obviously, whatever it was, it wasn't know, available here. Effectively, he's got this extreme form of long COVID, and I just wonder whether, by ending all the restrictions, are we failing to recognise the the impact of something that is largely being totally ignored? Maybe he's making it up. Hmm. Hmm. He's, maybe he's making it. Yeah. I doubt it. 
I doubt it. Bless him. I feel for Kate. Yeah, I think she's extraordinary. How she's carried on working and how she's the, the stoic. It's uh, the only way to describe us. Stoic, uh, brilliant. Um, but I, I just think we're, we've kind of let it go a bit, um, and and we're not thinking the long game just by taking all the restrictions away. And I think when it, you know, it, it, it's a bit. I feel like it's a bit of foolishness. Well, no, soon enough. You know, within a month or two, if cases start to rise, yeah. You know, though a decision will be made that sort of we took this action too soon, and we need to go back to some level of restriction to maintain uh, the infection rate. But we we won't know. I'm no. assuming this is a test, not only for us but also for the government, just to ascertain what happens. You know, when there's no when there's nothing in place to try and mitigate the infection rate. So let's, let's wait and see. Yeah. In the meantime, you know, I would definitely urge, if you're already taking precautions, continue that, even if it's for your own self-interest. Well, for me, I, uh, you know, like, you, like yourself, I, I see no reason to change my habits of wearing a mask Whenever I'm out in uh, in you know supermarkets and 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 so forth, I just see it as a uh, you know uh, whether the masks you know how effective they are, but you know at the end of the day, even if they they reduce reduce it marginally, the, the, the possibility of catching it marginally or passing it on marginally. And consider many people are also the right thing to do. Consider it. Yeah, I notice. Funnily enough, another thing I wanted to touch on. What are your thoughts on this? Um, we've ended the requirement for tests coming back when you've been away abroad. Um, but there's still the requirement of the passenger locator form yeah. to fill in. What do you make of that? I kind of feel as though that's kind of uh, saying something else. Uh, um, it's a form of data collection of sorts, almost. Yes. Maybe it might just be another layer of um, of immigration, you know, that you need to go through. People mm-hmm. coming into the UK, the, obviously on that form you have your name, your address, your where you'll be staying over the course of your stay. Yeah. Your phone number, your email address, your passport details. You know, it's. Uh, it's a convenient way to collect data on foreign nationals and non-foreign nationals entering the country. Mm. Whether that has some sort of, whether there's a plan for that information down the line, I don't know. I certainly, I, so. I certainly, I think what got my attention is when we were away last September, is having to get all these tests. Tests, uh, obviously, we were fully vaccinated. But we had to have a test before, before left. we yeah. left the place that we were staying two days before, I believe, um, seventy-two hours before, and then an, another test after we got the two-day test after arriving back in Britain. We had all those forms to fill in. I remember we were in our hotel in Spain, trying to sort all of this out until about four o'clock in the flaming morning, and uh, uh, and then nobody took a blind bit of notice of it when we got. <laughs> back to Britain so it felt like it had all been to be honest for yeah, nothing when we went to Italy we had to fill out all those forms yeah 
And when we gave it to the immigration guy, he basically put it in the bin. Crack it. So I was like, so what's the point of doing it? Hmm. He didn't really care. Yeah. And I was like, okay, fine. Um, so do you think it's it's overall then? Do you think we should be... Uh, should people be... Should the rules actually still be in place for certain things? Yeah, I think it's the... It's the it's the certain aspects that you have to look at. For me, schools yeah. are a big one. Yes. Hospitals and nursing homes is another big one. Yes. And public transport, I'd say specifically yeah. the underground. Yes, Because you can't put hundreds of people in a tube, yeah. you know, close together, very little air circulation, yeah. and not expect people to get ill. Oh, totally. I mean, it's impossible. Yeah. And then children are even worse because obviously they run around, you know, they beat each other up, you know, they lick each other, who knows what they do. You know, you're going to you're gonna get ill. <laughs> children are dangerous. You're going to get you're gonna mm, get sick. They are petri- walking Petri dishes. <laughs> Bless them. But only are they going to make themselves ill. Obviously, they yeah. come home. You know, they pass it to family members, to their, to their parents, yeah. and all the rest of it. It's I guess normal. that must be also your concern but that without normal. masks, etc., you've got an elderly parent uh, at home um, that you obviously fear for her well-being through uh, the lack of controls externally that you might unwittingly, or your partner might unwittingly, bring it into the yeah, property. Have- I know you're taking great. I mean, it's a good thing that my mother is already relatively antisocial, so it's fine. (laughs) But still, (laughs) another friend of hers described her as a bit cantankerous. I understand, but I reserve my judgment because I've never really spoken to her. I saw her leaning out of the upstairs window once with a fag on. But I'll tell you what the issue is. Yeah, is that because my mother was offered the flu jab quite yes. a few times. She took it once and became ill. Yes, then well... the following year, she took it again on GP's advice, yeah. and she got ill again. I know, and so because I know. Of, but because of those two experiences... It she put her decided, off. She decided that she would never have a flu yeah. jab. Now, as soon as COVID happened, because she was concerned about what the flu jab did to her, that she wasn't prepared to have a COVID jab either. Yeah. So my mother's in her 80s, isn't vaccinated, and if she were to get ill, I'm pretty sure that would be the end of her. Yeah. So I have to be even more cautious yes, with, exactly. with, with my own mother. Exactly. So unfortunately, I... we kind of do need to isolate her, and she's only really around, you know, myself yeah. and... and uh, Ironically, and I don't... And everything I, you else. Know. But I mean, we've got... we've There's no other way of being able to protect her, but... Luckily, we're relatively sort of... Of course, I, I, I don't... I mean, obviously, I don't want to get into the subject of vaccinations. It's a very tenuous thing that can cause a lot of... Fish. I'm actually pro-vaccine. But I do take the point, having had the flu vaccine a number of times, that every single time I had the flu vaccine, uh, I did end up catching the flu some weeks later, which I found rather ironic. And every year that I've not had the flu vaccine, I've been absolutely fine. But, of course, that can be just by luck rather yeah. than judgment 
but um, uh, I hasten to add where COVID's concerned, not least because I uh, want to be able to travel with largely with impunity, um, that uh, I am fully vaxxed um, with the booster and all, even though I absolutely hate needles. Um, interestingly, talking about uh, COVID, I was reading a... Uh, something about a mysterious respiratory illness, a pandemic that, uh, or rather a, uh, yeah, it was a pandemic in 1889, which uh, emerged in Russia. 1889. 1889, not 1889, 1889. And then spread across the globe, triggering at And now some scientists are saying that this illness, whilst they can't prove it uh, unequivocally, uh, which was dubbed at the time the Russian flu, actually may have been caused by a coronavirus similar to SARS-CoV-2, which I thought was kind of interesting. That was reported, I believe, in the New York Times. Do you remember in the 20th century when there was a spate of... Was it... Well, curiously, I wasn't around for the entirety of the 20th century. No, no, sorry, 21st century, my fault. Oh, good, good. um, I know I'm old, but but hopefully not. But it was in Russia, and there was a small island in Russia where people started getting... What happens when bits fall off your body? Oh, oh, God. uh, uh, Rabies? No. no. What's it no, no, What's it no. <laughs> oh dear, we'll have to come back to that. Oh, yes, here we go. The dementia's kicked in. Um, oh my word, it's a, a, a biblical, almost biblical illness. It goes back uh, uh, when, yes. Uh, good God. Hold on. Um, well, you have a look at that when I. Uh, what do I Google when bits fall off your body? Well, no. Um, uh, how weird that that has fallen off uh, uh, the radar with both our. Uh, this is the time to go and hunt out, of course, uh, the the lemon drizzle biscuits or whatever, the lemon lemony things. Begins with an eye, I believe. Lemon. Leprosy. <laughs> Begins with an eye. Yeah. <laughs> Leprosy. Leprosy. That was the one. So there was an, um, there was yes. an island with, I think, 350 inhabitants or something like that. Yes. And they started to develop leprosy. Wow. Now, the only way in and out of the island was via a bridge. Yes. So what did the go- what did the count want? What did the local government do? They blew the bridge up. Right. Well, and of course, they- the old age old thing of the leper colonies yeah, the where nobody was allowed near them. This is only like 20 years ago. Wow. So yeah. they said, we can't afford to have this spread because it was some highly infectious form of leprosy. Wow. But they essentially said, I'm sorry, guys. But it still but, exists. But, 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 but this is it. So yeah. they, they essentially destroyed the bridge and they airlifted, they airlifted food in, but eventually everyone died. Scary disease. Scary, scary, scary. But I mean, at what point, if things get out of control, does the government say, we can't assist you anymore and we have to now think about containment as opposed to treatment? Because I understand we're not there yet, but I mean, should a much more virulent form of SARS come out, 
that kills huge amounts of people. Well, undoubtedly there will be. I noticed, uh, yeah, undoubtedly there will be because we, we, I I noticed 20, was it 2021 was the worst year for bird type flus and uh, infection of people has been getting bigger and bigger and bigger every year. Super gonorrhea is a huge problem. Uh, You heard about that? I have, yes. Untreatable. Untreatable um, super gonorrhea. Yes. Which yeah. is a huge issue. Of course it is, because it's very easy to catch. The new It's not really being spoken about. A new know. strain of HIV, which is worth mentioning, um, which is far more transmissible than HIV 1 and 2. Um, that's also the cases of, uh, in the Netherlands, that's going to be worth a, uh, a subject matter yeah. all of its own, because uh, that has ramifications going down the line um, in terms of... Uh, uh, you know, not only health impact, economic impact. It's worth noting that they believe at the moment that it is treatable by the same existing means methods, as right, the yeah. yes, the existing methods. Anyway, um, look, I'm in no doubt that we all wish to put the last two years behind us as quickly as possible and consign this really rather horrible period to the dustbin of history. Piss, uh, <laughs> 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 Dear I have to edit that. Uh, or not edited as the case may be. Fuck it. Um, if that word doesn't exist, <laughs> we need to bring that in. Pistory. Pistory. Yes. Um, uh, these teeth, I can tell you. Um, I have to get them, uh, I have to get some of that uh, t- tooth glue. Oh, hang on a minute, they are my own. Um, consign it to the dustbin of history, history. even. Um, because obviously the impact upon families, uh, mental health, the global economy and the health system has been utterly profound um, and will, I suspect, considerably, uh, you know, will remain the case for some considerable time to come. Um, but there does come a point where we do have to live with the virus uh, as our glorious uh, leader uh, our glorious government has uh, intimated and uh, you know otherwise really we're not living at all but just kind of existing in a space of permanent paranoia um, of our own sort of fragile existence so we do have to learn to come to terms with it and kind of move on um, because otherwise as I said we're not really living at all um which brings me actually to the quote of the week of the day uh which uh i found which i thought was rather appropriate from the great maya angelo you familiar with maya angelo yeah yeah uh fantastic um my mission in life is not merely to survive but to thrive and to do so with some passion some compassion, some humour, and some style. And on that note, uh, look out, obviously, for the special on Ukraine and Russia. And, uh, yeah. And please like and subscribe, everybody. Please. Actually, on that note, thank you for everyone so far who has subscribed or watched. Yes, it's much video. appreciated. Very much appreciated. Yes. We didn't think we were going to get a we, single person looking. Yeah. But it's actually seems we need to, quite well. We need to get to the goal that I can afford to eat during my <laughs> twilight years, which, believe me, are 
coming closer by the minute. So if you don't want Simon to starve, please like and subscribe. Yes, exactly. And on that note... Uh, Bye, everybody. Yes. Cheerio.